Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. And as always, I'm excited to be talking some Colorado Rockies baseball with you here. And there will be Colorado Rockies baseball with you here, even though I'm talking about national awards. And you would think, well, no. No, that can't be the case. The Colorado Rockies were terrible, and every single member of the roster was terrible, and it was horrible, terrible, no good, very bad season. Does anybody get that reference anymore, by the way? I don't know. Hit me up in the comments or on Twitter or Discord or wherever if if anybody else read that book as a kid. But obviously a lot of you know the news that Brendan Rodgers did, of course, win the gold glove for second baseman in this, the year 2022. And there was also a bit of other uh, gold glove news uh, for former Rockies, not just one, multiple former Rockies with gold gloves. And so I figured I'd talk about that a little bit today, obviously end a bit on on a big celebration for Brendan Rodgers, but talk about the award, how it's evolved over the years, uh, who won it this year, and what I think is interesting about that. So let's begin before we get into the other specific winners uh, about some of the philosophy behind this, because this is something I find really, really interesting. You know, for a long time, when I was a kid, it was basically well known that the gold glove was just given to basically the most famous person at the position who was also at least a usually a decent defender. Um, th- that got whittled away at over the years. And one of the more famous examples, again, from my I think roughly I think my teen years was when or maybe just before. Uh, Rafael Palmero, who was a, a slugger and, and he was a, a steroids guy and uh, sort of famously wagged his finger at Congress, right? And he, he was a, a very famous, well-known player for the time. He was an all-star because of his bat, though, right? And he wins this Gold Glove Award that I think the vast majority of people who were paying attention that year recognized that th- this isn't right. Like, the writer's or the process here has just gotten ridiculous. This has gotten out of control, right? It has nothing to do with defense. And we already have a silver sluggers and MVPs and, you know, all these other things to, to show who the best offensive player is. If we're going to have an award that's supposed to be about defense, let's make it about defense. I know it, it doesn't sound like it should be so profound, but I remember even as I was coming into covering the Rockies and, and, and baseball in general. So around 2013, this was still kind of a debate that we were, and, and by we, I mean people who really care about defense and thinking about and measuring and rewarding and, and talking about defense really started to win the argument after a while and basically change it so that some of the metrics that we have these days, defensive runs saved, UZR, and I've talked a lot about how these metrics are imperfect, and I'll get into that in just a second. But we we have them, and we use them to inform uh, stats like wins above replacement. Like, they're right there in use, right, already. And so when people discuss wins above replacement and, and use that as a, a sort of objective point of analysis, right, included in that is, and it depends on which, if you're using baseball reference or fan graphs, and we're not going to get too into the nitty gritty here, don't worry. But these defensive metrics are all a part of that calculation. They're informing our best modern understanding of the game. And as such, around that time, 
Uh, and I remember having this conversation actually with a young rookie ball player at a bowling alley. And that young rookie just won his fourth gold glove. And his name is DJ LeMahieu. And we talked about why the gold glove. And, and you know, this was my actually my very first conversation with DJ LeMahieu. I was not a full-time reporter yet. He was not on the record I was just at that point, really, I was just a fan at a, I was, I was doing stuff for purple row. Uh, but I, you know, and I, I, I did end up writing about it, but he wasn't on the record or anything. So I'm not going to get into the specifics of anything that he said, just cause that's fair. Right. But, but the general conversation was about, you know, how it had gotten to the place where it was really just built on reputation and not defensive reputation, what numbers were good numbers? What numbers were less good at the time? How was the the shifting, which was for the Rockies actually more prevalent from, I would say, 2013 to 2015 than it is now. And, and now a lot of that's going to go away, right? Not go away, but it's certainly going to be different with the new rules. But all of that factors in, right? But he did feel like players like himself who at the time, remember, DJ was a very light hitter. Uh, when he was, you know, his first couple of years in the league, he, he didn't hit at all. And then later it was all average for him here, right? So even then he wasn't nationally famous. And those were the types of players who were likely to get swept underneath the rug and, and not be accounted for, right? And so I do think that as we have used things like DRS, uh, defensive runs saved, to inform who gets nominated for the gold glove, which is what's happened, what the uh, the writers have decided to do here, which is include defensive metrics as a big factor and who even gets nominated in the first place. And then it still comes down to votes, so things like reputation are going to matter, and I'll, I'll get back into that in a minute. But at least I think, and, and I think this has bore out over the last several years, that the people who have been nominated, for the most part, match the eye test, uh, the, the the numbers line up, things mostly look right, they feel right. It, you're getting, at the very least, it's no longer like based on offense, right? Which is just so the opposite of what we were trying to do in the first place. All of that said, there's obviously still plenty to debate. So let's get into it. Like I said, DJ LeMahieu wins the new, and I'm glad they did this too. And again, I think they're ever evolving and improving how we're talking about and thinking about defense. And I think that's a good thing because I think it's a really important part of the game that oftentimes gets just gravely overlooked, quite frankly. So DJ LeMahieu wins the utility gold glove for the American League. And I love that they added that. I, I think it, you know, one of the people who probably helped bring that about was Ryan McMahon from last year. And then maybe even DJ LeMayhew himself, you know, who, because McMahon ended up getting penalized, one of my favorite words to get to say legally on a podcast, is uh, he, he played a bunch of games at second base. He played, I think it was 52, 54 games at second base last year. And he put up monster numbers to the extent that he really could have been nominated for a gold glove at both positions. It actually, in my mind, made his argument for third base last year better because he had played fewer innings and still been more valuable by a comfortable margin than anybody else. But it, it, I do think it ended up coming back to bite him, essentially, because a lot of people looked in and said, ah, he wasn't really a full-time third baseman. 
right? But in a way that makes sense, but in another way it's counterintuitive that you're, again, penalizing the guy for being a, a more valuable and more versatile defender. The The fact that Rymack was also an elite defender at second base shouldn't take away from the fact that he was the most elite defender at third, right? And so they've added this utility thing. Uh, I love that they've done that. DJ LeMahieu picks it up for uh, the Yankees in the American League. Kyle Tucker, we've seen him do... Uh, he's made a, a couple of phenomenal catches and the, the Strohs don't come out here very often, but uh, I feel like this one very much matches the eye test of like the five times I've seen him actually come here and play. And I feel like he's got four diving catches in, in right field at Coors, right? Uh, Miles Straw, phenomenal defender for Cleveland. Uh, Stephen Kwan, really cool to see that happen. That uh, 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 he comes over and he gets to be a part of uh, winning some hardware right away. Uh, Jeremy Pena for the Astros, another one for Houston at shortstop. Uh, Ramon Urias for the Baltimore Orioles at third base. Not gonna lie, don't know him that well. Don't watch a lot of Baltimore Orioles baseball. Uh, another one for Cleveland, bringing up to three. They, they'll actually get a fourth here in just a minute. Andres Jimenez uh, at second base. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in a, a big evolution of his game. Big news for the Toronto Blue Jays there. Uh, you know, it is first base, so it's not a premium defensive position. But when you can get a guy uh, like that who looked like maybe he was going to be a one-dimensional player, but at least that one dimension is great hitter and look at him go. And now he's a gold glove winner. Toronto has something real special in Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which we knew, but it's even more specialer than we thought, it turns out. Catcher Jose Trevino for the New York Yankees. And like I mentioned earlier, the fourth one for Cleveland is pitcher Shane Bieber. So there's your junior circuit. Yeah, I said it. The gold glove winners for this year. Uh, going over to the National League, Brendan Donovan of St. Louis wins the utility one. Uh, I actually thought Tommy Edmond was going to get that one. So again, that's going to be kind of interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, as I was talking about not getting punished for being good in multiple positions, arguably that did happen to Tommy Edmond this year. We'll see how they continue to work uh, on that. The rest of these, I, I think they pretty much got up and down the board. Again, I'm going to be a bit more uh, familiar with the National League, Mookie Betts in right field. Yep, that's correct. Trent Grisham in center field, San Diego Padres. That's correct. Uh, Ian Happ in left, left field is always a, an interesting one, right? Usually an offensive position. Happ has always been a good defender. Maybe I'd have to look a little more closely at uh, some of the left fielders um, this season, but there's certainly nothing egregious about that. Uh, Dansby Swanson at shortstop. Very, very, very good defender. I'm skipping third and second base for now. You all know why. Christian Walker was far and away the best first baseman uh, in baseball this year. He, he was fantastic. The Again, when you use the numbers and, and you, you shouldn't, uh, you know, if, if one guy has a 10 DRS and another guy has an 8 DRS, you don't declare far and wide that the guy with the 10 was definitely way, way, way better. But when you've got, I think he, he was at like an 18 defensive run saved at first base and second place had eight or something. Then it's not even, you know, it's not even close. JT Real Muto, again, not even close at catcher. Uh, he played way more innings than anybody. He's more durable than anybody. He's one of the best all-around players in baseball. And we've seen that throughout this postseason. And Max Freed at pitcher, fine. Uh, <laughs> pitcher gold gloves are always a little bit... Uh, 
weird, uh, but but fine. So let's go to the two positions, and, and I'll begin on the the slightly more contentious thing before ending on the the happy note that I think just about everyone listening to this will be just happy about. Uh, and and I want to talk about third base now. Nolan Arenado wins his 10th consecutive gold glove at third base. Nolan Arenado is the greatest third baseman of all time. He's the greatest defensive third baseman of all time. He's probably going to end up at least from a overall production, not a rate standpoint. I think Mike Schmidt will probably be better from a rate standpoint, but Nolan's going to hold all the third baseman records, right? I've said for years and years, of course, going back to when he was everyone's favorite and a lot of people, he's still their favorite. Uh, but he's just, he's greatest third baseman of all time. He's going to be no problem. Right. But as I said last year, and as I have found myself having to repeat a little bit on Twitter again this year, the gold glove is a one year award. And over the last 15 years, years or so, as I've detailed throughout this conversation, Major League Baseball as a whole has moved closer and closer to a recognition and understanding that while we can't perfectly measure defense, we can go based on the best models that we have right now, and we can separate that out, take a look at the data, and go year by year, and use that data to decide who gets nominated in the first place. So we've already walked right up to the brink of recognizing that this is the stuff that that matters the most. So you can't just totally throw it out when saying, well, yeah, but Nolan's the greatest of all time because he did have a great season this year and more than deserving of a gold glove nomination. But Cabrian Hayes of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and this is the exact reason that we added the analytical element. Because not a lot of people watched Pittsburgh Pirates games this year, and I don't blame you. Probably a lot of people listening to this didn't even watch that many Rockies games this year, right? It's brutal when your team is that bad and you play 162. And the Pirates have been awful for even longer than the Rockies. And have even fewer things to arguably be excited about in their future, right? That's a rough franchise in a rough spot and people just aren't watching and fair enough. But that is not Cabrian Hayes' fault. Last year, Hayes put himself right in the middle of this conversation. With all of the stats combined, defensive runs saved, UZR, um, the defensive war, Uh, Again, it's different depending on the stats you're getting it from or whatever. Hayes was neck and neck with Ryan McMahon. The reason I thought McMahon should win it was, like I said earlier, he had had done basically the same amount of production in less time, which to me made him more valuable because it's not like on those days he wasn't playing third base, he was hitting the golf course. On those days he wasn't playing third base, he was playing gold glove caliber defense at second. (laughs) Right? So I thought Ryan McMahon deserved to win it. I, I thought that was the tiebreaker was that McMahon was elite at two spots, and if he had just stayed at third base, he would have cleared Hayes comfortably in terms of defensive runs saved and so on. Um, as it was, it was it was pretty close last year, but I thought McMahon deserved it. This year, not close. Hayes led all of Major League Baseball with 24 defensive runs saved. Next closest, the guy we're going to talk about next, second baseman for your Colorado Rockies, Brendan Rodgers, 22. 
Stephen Kwan gets 21. Nolan Arenado's back in 19. And so like I was saying earlier, if it was 24 and 22 or 24 and 21, maybe you can make that argument a little bit. But 24 to 19 is a comfortable lead. A comfortable lead for Cabrian Hayes. He also has the lead in defensive war, again, amongst everyone in baseball. Not just at the third base position. So the fact that he plays for the Pirates appears to be what cost him here. And and that's a little bit unfortunate. You know, Nolan wins the Gold Glove. He also wins the Fielding Bible Award. And no one's going to, you know, go super hard in on like, Nolan Arenado doesn't deserve this. But it's not really about... Nolan, right, it, the, the thing about it is you can see how easy it is to get caught up in the momentum of, well, do we want to break eight in a row, nine in a row, ten in a row? You know, if it's close. And so I think, you know, maybe even more than one's a Cardinal and one's a Pirate or, you know, one's always in the limelight and one is is a player that a lot of people haven't heard of, that you've also got that going in Nolan's favor where we love this in sports, right? We love these long streaks. We love the history of it. We love the greatness, the, the, the true greats who don't just win a couple of gold gloves, but is Nolan going to get 11, 12, 15 in a row, you know? And that's, that's amazing. And he probably has a decent chance to do it because as much as from year to year, I don't think he's going to be the best defender year in and year out. I do think he's going to win the gold glove every year. I think he's going to continue to be a good defender. I actually was thinking about it this way. You know, it's because I was kind of debating with a good friend, Mark Knudsen, on, on the Twitter last night and, and talking about it being a single season award, right? And, and people keep hitting me up on Twitter saying, but Nolan's the greatest of all time. How can you possibly compare Cabrian Hayes to Nolan Arenado, right? But Tony Gwynn... What, what That was an odd transition. Stick with me here. Tony Gwynn was the best batting average guy of his generation by a lot. He didn't win the batting title every single year, though. That would be ridiculous, right? It, it would be ridiculous to expect or think that he even could be the absolute best batting average in the National League Every single year, year in and year out. Sometimes you're going to come in second. Sometimes you're going to come in third. But if you're coming in first, second, or third every year for 15 years, then you're one of the greatest of all time, right? Each hero, same thing. Some guys, every once in a while, somebody else is going to have just an incredible, phenomenal, lightning in a bottle season that happens to outpace yours. And they win that year. They get the batting title. But because the batting title is based on an objective number, they will be rewarded that just for having done so. People can't take DJ LeMahieu's away, no matter how illegitimate they think it is. So for me, it's not really so much, you know, a boohoo on Nolan. And and I I think it's phenomenal, the, the history of it, right? But I'm also just as interested in those stories of, the incredible one-offs. And it's not even just a one-off for Cabrian Hayes. Like I said, he put up more defensive runs saved in UZR and defensive war than Nolan last year. He came, he was really a solid second place where Nolan should have been third last year and McMahon should have been first. So now it's two years in a row where it feels like his reputation and streak and playing on a team that people like and cover and, and watch 
has has kept this going. And again, it's not that he isn't a phenomenal defender who who doesn't in some ways deserve it. It's that I just hope we can get to an even better place with these things of saying just because, you know, it's okay to say he was the second best third baseman in all of baseball this year. It just so happened that somebody else had a slightly more phenomenal season and that person deserves the award, regardless of the market they play in. Right? And those things do add up. It's one of the reasons why baseball is such a sport of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. It was actually even one of the things that Nolan Arenado talked about when he left the Rockies was not getting, you know, fair recognition for awards. Which we all know is true. Which anyone who follows this team and was around for Todd Helton in 2000 and Matt Holliday in 2007 and Nolan Arenado throughout, you know, basically 16, 17, and 18, you know, not getting a fair shake from the national press. And so, yeah, you know, Gold Glove Awards don't carry the same prestige that MVPs and Cy Youngs do. But it is something that I think baseball has recognized just through its actions, right? Say whatever you want. Your actions speak louder than your words. And Major League Baseball's actions show that they do want to care about the gold glove. They do want to use the metrics to get it right. And they do want to treat it as an individual award for every season where the individual who did the best gets rewarded, not just the guy with the best reputation. And while it's obviously nowhere near as egregious as the Rafael Palmero stuff, I do still think it's the case that in the last two years, Nolan has won that award because of his reputation more than because other people didn't deserve it more. And now we move over and get to finish on the less contentious and happy note of the day, Brendan Rogers. And to me, this is a big thing in a, in a wider conversation, right? I'm not going to rehash all the DRS stuff. You saw the numbers there. He deserved to win it with the fact that there are still some of these funky outcomes. I was hesitant to believe that he was going to win it. I wrote about it before the season ended. I made the case uh, for Rogers and, and why I thought he should. And it all played out that way. Not only does he win the gold glove, he wins the Fielding Bible Award, making him the best second baseman in all of baseball this last year. And it's remarkable, right, considering that both McMahon, who was nominated again at third but didn't win, and and fairly so this year. McMahon wasn't as good this year as he was last year. Rogers also had that rough first month, right? That's what cost McMahon was that first month of the season. Otherwise, he might have done it again in terms of having the the overwhelming numbers. But the first month, maybe month and a week, maybe first five weeks of the season, the whole team was bad defensively and McMahon and Rodgers were right there in the middle of it. They were throw, throwing the ball around and, and costing the team games as much as anybody. And so it's really remarkable to see them recover in the middle of a season and finish so strongly. More remarkable for Rodgers because he hadn't been there before and he wasn't necessarily seen coming out of the minors as an elite defender. Obviously, we'd heard a lot about his bat and there's still plenty of reason to believe that his bat, which went from a below league average bat to a league average bat, and in a huge leap, by the way, the the we'll do a whole Brendan Rodgers episode at some point in the offseason, but don't overlook 
the the giant step forward he took with the bat just because the end point was league average and everyone's hoping for more than that. When you essentially take your, if you will, your OPS plus or WRC plus from 15 points below league average to league average, when you improve by 15 points on something like that, you've had a really great season at the plate. Obviously, he needs to continue to improve, but this was a revelation. This is something that if it's, Again, if it's something that he can keep up, and there were some questions about McMahon early in the season, right? But we see him bounce back. We go, yeah, he really is that dude. If Rodgers is really going to be that dude as well. And again, he didn't just win the Gold Glove, the Fielding Bible Award. So he better bring it. He better know that this is the level of production that is expected from he, from him from here on out. And, and I think he does. And I think he'll be ready to embrace that. And with Ezekiel Tovar stepping in at shortstop next year, and it's still going to be C.J. Crone for a little while unless they make a trade. And Crone was really just outside of this gold glove conversation. When you look again at these numbers, he was probably in fourth place for first baseman. Uh, so he he could have maybe snuck in there, didn't quite. But the Rockies will have, with Crone, a pretty good defender. And then elite defender, elite defender, elite defender on their infield. And when Michael Tolia is playing first base, then their entire infield will be gold glove caliber. And that's pretty fantastic. Uh, so, but for Rodgers as a player, and it means a lot for the team moving forward. Obviously, they've got to do uh, any number of other things to get themselves back into contention. And there is a sort of cosmic frustration and irony, right, to the the years when the Rockies were closer to contention where... There had been a lot of conversation about when is Rodgers going to arrive and can he be, like in 2019, when when the core of that team was still around, right? Can they add this like superstar rookie into the mix and he's going to, and he had injuries and and didn't immediately hit at the big league level and and had those adjustments and, and whatever. So even coming into this year, there were a lot of people... You know, when they would ask me, who do you think is the guy that has a chance to pick, take the big step forward this year? I answered Brendan Rodgers a lot. And there are some people who I think are going to look at the batting average and the home runs and go, well, he was okay, Drew, but I thought you said this guy was going to arrive. And that's why I'm so happy he won the award. Because quite frankly, a lot of times, like I said on the Nolan stuff, sometimes you can go, yeah, Brian Hayes deserved it, though. And those of us who kind of look at it can go, fair enough, Nolan's got the 10 straight, but big ups to to Hayes. And that would have been me if if Rodgers had lost it, right? Going, well, you know, fair enough, but here's the case and here's the thing, but the best thing about him actually winning the award is that now you can hold it up and say, look, this is a tangible piece of hardware that recognizes a major improvement from some element of the Rockies this year. Quite frankly, Brendan Rodgers is a part of the core right now. He's a, he's a cornerstone member of the, of the franchise of the roster. And to say, yeah, you know, we still hope that there's 20, 25 plus home runs in there. And we'd still like to see him push that average closer to 300 and take some more walks and and all the offensive things. And if he does all that, he's an all-star, you know, and don't forget that this was ostensibly, you know, with all the pandemic stuff and, and some injuries and all of that, this is basically his sophomore season, his second full season of major league baseball. So, you know, it would stand to reason that a player of his capability and caliber who now has some recognition from the league. Here, kid, here's your gold glove. He's not a kid anymore, but, hey, man, here's your gold glove. 
Here's your Fielding Bible Award. You earned these through your play at the highest level of baseball in the land, and this isn't even what you were known for. Like lots of Rockies players who've come up recently, and big ups to Stu Cole on that, but Trevor Story, Ryan McMahon, Brendan Rodgers, even DJ LeMahieu I was talking about, and even Nolan Arenado, actually, especially Nolan Arenado, you know, was not thought of as an elite defender coming up. If there's one like secret of the game that the Colorado Rockies development staff has unlocked. It's how to create elite gold glove caliber, certainly infielders out of guys who were drafted for their bats and known for their bats. And a lot of times end up producing with their bats. And so let's see where that goes for Brendan Rogers. But uh, this is a big deal in in a lot of ways. Some gold gloves, uh, you win it, you lose it, whatever. But at the, at this moment in his career, And at this time for this franchise, for them to go, yeah, that's our second baseman. We've got the best defensive second baseman in baseball. That is something that we can build on. That is something we can tell ourselves every day and feel like it's an objective version of the truth. Even if all these things are a little bit debatable, we'll whisper that under our breath and say, we have the best second baseman in all of baseball. And, and if he starts to hit, if, if the bat, because remember how terrible, uh, he was league average this year after being the worst qualified hitter in baseball in the first month. So if he's just average out of the gate, or if, heavens me, he gets hot to start next season, you could be looking at the year of Brendan Rodgers. And that's while Ezekiel Tovar is going to be trying to win Rookie of the Year. Like, there's going to be some fun. As much as this last season was honestly aggravating as hell at times to watch like they're they just didn't give you much did they even when they were losing in 21 a lot of times they were playing fun baseball this last year was brutal but it's going to be fun again next year I can feel that already and this was one of the few fun things that we did get was Brendan Rodgers being an absolutely stellar second baseman really cool to see that recognized on the national scale uh And hopefully some of that can also lead to them coming out next year and being really good defensively to start the season and not kicking away so many games that, you know, really they just, they dug too big a hole for them to crawl out. They never had the talent to be able to crawl out of a hole like that. And when an element of your team that's supposed to be good digs a hole, the whole season goes to hell. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, we'll see what happens next, but congratulations to Brendan Rodgers uh, would be congratulations to Brian Hayes. And, uh, other than that, but, but it is a congratulations to Nolan Arenado and DJ LeMayhew on winning their 10th and fourth gold gloves. I've always been of the opinion as well, that whatever Rockies players go on and do. And, and I think a lot of us feel this way about any, any of the teams that we watch or cover or whatever, right? What, whatever they go on and do in the rest of their careers also adds to the Rockies legacy in some way. You know, it's like, uh, I, like I love, for example, the DJ LeMayhew is the only player with a batting title in the National League and the American League. Like, I love stuff like that. So, anyway, thank you all for hanging out. I really appreciate it. Let me know what you think of how we measure defense and gold gloves and, and where we've come. Uh, what do you think about the stuff over at third base? And what do you make of Brendan Rodgers? Where he is in his career? Are you excited about his ability to maybe... Now match this gold glove caliber defense with more bat? Or do you think that both he and McMahon are going to end up being these sort of weird, ironic inversions of what we were expecting? Some elite hitters who are going to be fine defenders have turned into elite defenders who are so far fine offensive players, both about league average right now. So 
Yeah, very interesting to see. Uh, I want to hear your comments. Hit me up on Twitter, uh, in the Discord, wherever you can find me. Uh, let me know your thoughts on all of it. Other than that, I can only ever ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.